Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are consuming this podcast. Welcome to Ionisms, your podcast about society, art, entertainment, culture, movies, pets, geopolitics, and of course, our favorite cricket. In this episode, I am going to dive into the transition of power. No, I'm not talking about politics, but I'm talking about transition of the batting baton, as it were, from one superstar to the other. As the sun sets on one era, the team, Indian men's cricket team, readies itself to pass on the baton from one great batter to the other, from one great captain to the other, from one great bowler. Hold on, I don't think we have yet passed the baton from one great bowler to the other. But there's never been a shortage of the baton passing from one great batter to the other. If you just take the recent examples, and I probably won't go before, um, and you can go back to uh, Tiger Patodi, to Minumankar, to uh, you know the legacies of the 70s through Mr. Gavaskar, through to uh, Mr. Tendulkar and then to Mr. Kohli and now the next conversation around Mr. Shubman Gill. Now, is it too early? I almost feel a little uncomfortable talking about it uh, prematurely. But then I think about the time when Mr. Dhoni got his captaincy and the first reaction at the time was, is it a little too early for MSD to be the captain of the national squad but when I looked around and I was like what better alternatives did you have at the time probably Mr. Yuvraj Singh but other than that the whoever had that foresight of uh, giving the mantle to MSD probably was uh, a genius or was it just a fluke or luck I don't know when it comes to batting though there is not much of a gut feel where you know you know that the numbers are happening it's evident a player emerges and amongst the crowd of players that emerge who've you know consistently done well at the domestic circuit and in many other tournaments or IPL you suddenly see one or two players emerging who are cut from a different cloth they look different and they look as in not physically <laughs> look different but look as in uh, from the way they hit the same cover drive slightly more elegantly with a little more time or that glance with a little less effort and no huff and puff and so on and so forth and so that's where Mr. Shubman Gill's conversation creeps in into our mainstream consciousness so in this episode I'm going to walk you down the memory lane, what we were in the 80s to 90s from a batting generation, which transpired from one superstardom to the other and where it stands now and what do we look forward to. Now, before I dive into the episode, for those tuning in for the first time, let me give you a quick insight into what Ionisms is all about. It's almost a little counterintuitive, if you will, you know, in the age of short capsule based microcasts or micro podcasts where people want to say, get on with it, give me the gist of the story, just the headlines or the highlights or the clips or, you know, the shots as it were. Anisms is like a slow burn, long form, easy on the ear, spontaneous podcast. In this, you will find we have a framework, like I just talked about in the, about this particular episode, but 
we often deviate away we float away we drift and then eventually come back to conclusion so just to set your expectations right if you're stuck in a traffic right now relax you will have enough content till you get home or if you take a morning walk then too you will have a lot of stuff to think about and if you are short on time then listen as far as you can and then of course revisit once you uh, have some more time to spare and so that that's the basic disclaimer so that you know that this is not a quick uh, quick uh, quick and dry is what i was thinking uh, which uh, it will take a little time for us to really enjoy this journey of especially if you're a cricket fan cricket lover then you will enjoy this conversation uh, right through the length of this episode okay enough of waxing about all of this i guess you get the drift let's jump into this episode Look, I have five points to talk about: the legends who paved the way, the transition of the batters, the captaincy shift, the evolution of bowling and playing conditions, and then, of course, balancing tradition and innovation. So, if something I've missed out, then let me know in the comments. Or maybe if something strikes during the course of this conversation, I'll probably bring it up. But for now, those are the five points that come to my mind. So let's start, right? Legends who paved the way. Quite evident, right? To the best of our memory, recall for this generation would probably start with Mr. Sunil Gavaskar, and that's a, you know, for the Puritan, they will probably get offended. Please don't get offended um, if you're listening to this. Uh, the life existed before Mr. Gavaskar, right? Uh, they were great batters of our generation, and I'm not just referring to in terms of the number of runs they scored. because the statistics will be very different in the 50s to 60s to 70s and to where we are right now so i'm just going to take a few names uh, which may or may not uh, make sense to you but surendra amarnath ml apte uh, you're looking at uh, mushtaq ali said mushtaq ali looking at mr um, arun lal if uh, some of you know and of course there are some bowlers in there as well but i'm just saying some of the names that i recall uh, then you have of course mr merchant vijay merchant you have uh, mr lala amarnath uh, mr adhikari himu adhikari if i'm not mistaken uh, and then uh, of course then the more familiar names that we are there mr mankad and uh, mr abid ali uh, if you move little forward um, come into mr gr vishwanath uh, and uh, and who else am i missing out from that era or maybe mr gaikwad and chuman gaikwad mr dilip sardesai and mr jaisima of course uh, mr jaisima i think he has that record of batting on all five days if i am not mistaken uh, mr hazare mr wadekar all these great um, i mean there are other players as well with one or two great innings and here and there in some uh, significant matches they have won um, and so the list is pretty long but that's all that i could probably remember and then of course i mean there were there was an era of great batsmen tiger patodi and uh, wings arkar i mean they're not the same generation 
you know, have to be so careful with these dates and errors with some of you stat nerds out there are going to like completely pounce and say, Are get your dates right. But hey, all I'm trying to carry right now is the sentiment that there were great players in the 50s and the 60s. But I think the true superstar, like massive recognition across the length and breadth of the country and not just the country, but across um, cricket playing nations across the world, probably began with uh, Mr. Tiger Patodi, if I'm not mistaken, and then clearly uh, uh, Mr. Gavaskar as a batsman, purely from a batting legacy standpoint, one can safely say it originated. Not that India had bad bowlers, but somehow our bowlers were not feared. I think those were the days where uh, Walton Weeks, um, Walcott, sorry, Walcott Weeks, then the West Indian uh, pace battery, or the Australian Thompsons and, uh, you know, uh, Lilies. The, the general bowling baton was passed because from one fast bowler to the other. Spinners were not in vogue, as it were, as was the case with India. So were they effective? Probably yes. But were they feared as much? No. People would, I mean, if you're facing Jeff Thompson at, you know, 150 clicks in 19... 70s you would have a thing or two to worry about right so um, from a batting standpoint therefore the focus in india because we didn't have all those great tear away fast bowlers the focus was largely on the batters and therefore mr gavaskar was probably the one superstar who started early and it was like as they call the pedigree right it showed from early days okay this guy can bat this gentleman can bat. Sorry, Mr. Gavaskar, if you're listening to this. I mean it with all respect. <laughs> so, this uh, person can bat and can bat really well. And as the opposition, the famed West Indian pace attack, later acknowledged that, man, this guy can bat really well. The legend set in that this is the next big thing or the next best thing to happen to Indian men's cricket. And so... If you move forward, that became like a template for youngsters to follow. Beat the Benson Hedges World Cup, uh, that uh, ride across uh, Melbourne, was it, if I'm not mistaken? So, and many other memorable innings. In fact, Mr. Gavaskar's one day century against New Zealand in India, if I'm not mis- uh, remember correctly. And I'm saying, if I'm not mistaken, multiple times, but bear with me. I'm just trying to make sure that my memory serves me right. That he was not too well. And I think he scored, what, 103 or thereabouts in his ODI and uh, ODI century, the only century. And he did, uh, and he played very aggressive brand of cricket. Uh, Mr. Krishnamachari Srikant was probably the original pinch hitter uh, of uh, our times. And uh, and so, I think from a legacy standpoint, it's suffice to say, Mr. Gauska set the bar, set, raised the bar, set the template saying, that, look, I'm the batsman for you to emulate. And therefore, a generation of Indian cricketers have Mr. Gauska as the uh, go-to person for batting, right? And rightfully so. 
Now, in those days, it's not that Mr. Vishwanath was any lesser or Mr. Vengsarkar was any lesser. They were great in their own rights. They probably Mr. Vengsarkar was super elegant in technique and lazy elegance and all that. But Mr. Gauskar kind of transcended that and, you know, it's very difficult. No, I'm not even talking in terms of number compare. Ki somebody did 100 runs and he did 90 runs or no. I'm saying purely from art, you know, we, we discuss so much of statistic in cricket that we sometimes forget there is an art involved in it as well. The artistic ability is debatable because if you are a Mr. Wingsaker fan, you will say, no, his cover drive was really sublime, especially the innings he played against England in England. Uh, that particular uh, series and sequence was like sublime, right? So, and then Mr. Gauska was no less, right? So, but then yet... What is it that differentiates greatness from, quote-unquote, the goodness? I mean, so, so many good players. But why was Mr. Gavaskar treated as great? You know, I guess it set the tone from that 774 series uh, runs in um, against the West Indies and kind of one can say he never looked back from there. Until a generation changed and probably after Mr. Gauska's retirement, there wasn't any next best superstar that immediately transitioned. But by 1989, Mr. Sachin Tendulkar had arrived on the scene as the next prodigal son of cricket. And uh, there were enough people who made noise that that's the next big big thing to happen to Indian cricket. And it took about two or three years, I think, post-89, the first century came in 91 or 92 in, in England, if I'm not mistaken, where people began to seriously stand up and take notice, okay, this kid can play. Very similar sentiment when they saw Mr. Gavaskar play against West Indies. And though it's, it's the manner in which you play. Right. That is the, the true Puritans, the true cricket lovers love the way, the shot, the poise, the follow through. You know, it's almost very romantic that this is like the perfect shot. And if you are privileged enough to be at the ground to hear the sound of the leather hitting the willow, it, it it's beautiful. And so it gives you joy, right? It, it's like goosebump stuff that, oh my God, this was timed sweetly and it is very sweet if you hear it uh, on the on the ground. And so that baton was passed to Mr. Tendulkar. Mr. Tendulkar did a fabulous job scaling up rapidly the whole pace or velocity with which cricket was being played that had altered by mid-90s. And I would probably give a lot of credit to the Sri Lankan openers, Mr. Kaluvitarana and Mr. Jayesh Surya, who really began with a bang right at the top. You know, it later transcended to Indian cricket as well when Mr. Tendulkar was promoted to open the innings. Uh, earlier, I think it was like a four down or five down, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. This is the seventh time I'm saying if I'm not mistaken. So there should be an edit button there. Anyway, sorry, not to digress. So as far as I can remember, uh, Mr. Tendulkar was promoted to open the innings and then as they say rest is history that's got to be a better cliche than that but it is what it is isn't it that we saw a man 
almost like completely possessed like this is see it to hit it one can't but uh, ignore mr the contribution of mr vinod kamli who for those of you follow cricket closely would have probably followed the news that he was more talented than mr tendulkar at that time in the 90s is back to back double hundreds and that was his sublime zone and so one feels quite uh, disappointed sorry even that he could not go on to flourish or blossom the way his counterpart is uh, buddy did and in my view that's a loss to indian cricket that could have been a very fascinating i wouldn't say like a, a rivalry but like a healthy competition one an elegant Uh, left-hander and one a uh, very strong powerful right-hander both great temperaments for long innings and oodles of talent stuffed in so but the baton did pass to mr tendulkar un without a doubt with, without any uh, contested i mean mr sanjay mandrekar was there technically brilliant but somewhere mentally too cautious and too caught up trying to be the perfect batter that's the impression that one got not that he had any less talent so but say suffice to say people universally unanimously accepted mr tendulkar as the heir apparent to mr gavaskar all this was going very well until a certain mr kohli started to emerge onto the scene in 2013 uh, 2014 and mr tendulkar had reached all heights broken all barriers and firmly established at the helm of affairs that par excellence and all that and then suddenly the rise of mr kohli right mr kohli as a batter began to thump his presence on the cricketing field in his australia series especially after the dismal uh, england series and then people said oh, okay he's just not talk he can walk the talk i think that's when a lot of people stood up and t- took notice of his technique of his temperament hand eye coordination in fact the power i would probably uh, if i were to divide mr kohli's batting uh, life span as it were between say 2012 2013 through 2017 2018 and then from 2019 to uh, 2022 and then 2023 or maybe 21 to till date if there were three phases broadly phase 1 was had a lot of power shots angry shots ferocious shots almost trying to establish dominance that i am and sometimes it came across as fake dominance to be fair but well how could you argue when the bloke is scoring double tons and hundreds at will but i think his elevation from a great batter to greatness started happening around the 2014 2015 uh, time frame when some of the innings chasing were quite memorable especially in the odis and then slowly later in the test matches as well so he had firmly established a, a reputation of being a great chaser and so eventually uh, the story started shaping up and that's when mr tendulkar probably was the last few years of his batting career uh, was on the you know not his fluent best uh, let's put it that way 
and then that that kind of crisscrossed with Mr. Kohli's rise. So the transition between Mr. Gavaskar and Mr. Tendulkar was rather peaceful and easy. There was a little more overlap with Mr. Uh, Tendulkar and Mr. Kohli. And now, which is the whole purpose of the podcast, was to think, is Mr. Gill the next person to pick up the baton of great batters for Indian cricket team? But before I dive into Mr. Gill, let's not forget the previous generation, Mr. Tendulkar's generation, though he towered over everybody else, but Mr. Dravid was not too far behind, just so that you know. While Mr. Tendulkar exited at 15,921, Mr. Dravid exited at 13,265. So it's not that he was dramatically behind him, but clearly from a century standpoint and all that, he was way ahead. Mr. Tendulkar was way ahead, right? So that is there. But from a 50s, in half centuries, I think uh, Mr. Tendulkar had 68 while Mr. Dravid had 63. So there, there is a lot of consistency there. The strike rates were different, but averages, Mr. Dravid was 52.63 on his exit, 53.78 for Mr. Tendulkar. Highest score of 248 for Tendulkar and 270 for Mr. Dravid. So very close, right? So I, he's the understated player and clearly should be counted as one of the all-time greats. Clearly classifies as a goat for Indian cricket, but he's never been so flamboyant and so vocal and so out there or not that Mr. Tendulkar has, but the national obsession was Mr. Tendulkar as compared to Mr. Dravid, even though even when he became captain briefly, and so the baton really never landed on his shoulder. And though he was junior to Mr. Tendulkar that way, uh, the I mean, cap- captaincy is, is a different episode altogether, right? From Mr. Kapil Dev's era of being a captain to Mr. Gavaskar's captaincy to Mr. Shastri's and Mr. Srikant's captaincy. And there was multiple captains. Mr. Vengsaka was captain as well. But... Uh, and Mr. Azharuddin, of course, but the suffice to say, the captaincy of Mr. Ganguly was very seminal for Indian cricket. You know, it's coincided with our economic development, the mood of the nation, progress, advent of technology and modernism, exposure, and the generation of cricketers who were not overawed by the Western counterparts. And the element of having a street fighter helm the top job really helped. So from a talent standpoint, Mr. Ganguly had his share of talent, had his share of ability as a batter. But from a captaincy standpoint, arguably one of the best captains of all time, even the greatness of Mr. Tendulkar could not justify his captaincy material. And that's been my pet peeve with Mr. Kohli. That he's a far get greater batter than he was a captain. So now that he has given up his captaincy, I think probably that's the best thing to have happened to him. He though might completely disagree. But as a true cricket fan watching very closely, I think that's the best thing to have happened. 
So anywho, the long story short, in, in the previous generation, other than Mr. Tendulkar, of course, there was Dravid, Mr. Lakshman, Mr. Sevag, who can, you know, forget that similarity with Mr. Tendulkar from, uh, you know, how they physically even looked on the crease. If you uh, took, uh, looked from the bowler's end or from the pavilion shot, they almost looked identical while batting. Brilliant hand-eye coordination. And so, all these were good batters, but greatness came to Mr. Kohli. He transcended and moved above the averages and went into greatness. And that's a tough ask because there were some very good players in and around him at the time. But he transcended after Australia. That Australia series kind of firmly put him in a pedestal of all-time greats to have made a statement, to have proven technique to despite you know that technique being questioned at a later point that expansive cover drive outside the off stump you know that's what a great hand-eye coordination does to you you're almost like fearless in your early 20s or mid 20s and that's the epitome of adrenaline and super aggression and all that that was what Mr. Virat Kohli was all about so his batting Longevity, like I was talking about earlier, from say 2013, 2014 through 2018, that four or five or 2019 even, was crazy. Like, oh my God, what, how, how did you even play that shot? I and mean, a couple of shots which he played as a back foot punch, which went for a six over mid off, uh, sorry, long off, was, I mean, one cannot quite explain that if you've played the spot probably know how difficult that shot is to pull off and so you were left with your jaws hanging to the floor that this is unbelievable and then of course his matches against Pakistan and some of the better oppositions bowling oppositions like Australia and later on even in England I I know there has been this argument that he got beaten 52 times which is that he didn't nick it Uh, otherwise Mr. Anderson would have got a wicket but hey, if pots and pans could be whatever, and so if my grandma had wheels, then she would be a bike. <laughs> but, but anyways, none of the stories, uh, he survived, he made a statement, scored centuries, and people cannot really argue about his brand value. It kind of coincided with the fierceness of the next generation Indian who's also become very aggressive, you know, the earlier generation, our generation of Desis were mostly the polite ones, the apologetic ones who would say sorry ever so often. And this was the generation which represented brash. I am what I am, take it or leave it. Who cares? I'll be expressive. I don't want to be subtle about it and all that. So there's this major debate between how Mr. Kohli conducted himself on the field. And, uh, you know, especially spiraling towards end when his frustrations took the better of him. Very unbecoming of the captain of an Indian uh, cricket team, men's cricket team. So it is difficult, but one could never doubt his ability as a batter. Even when he was not scoring well for a long period of time, getting out to the same shot, one could sense, you know, the frustration was... You know you're going to get out, you're vulnerable. Why are you not abandoning that shot? The counter argument would have been, well, that's the shot of confidence. If I get one or two such, 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 such shots, 
across the playing across the line i will make it i think lot of it was ego self ego battles that yes i can do it it's a it's the same for mr uh, rohit sharma he and his hook shots or pull shots many a times he gets out on those shots but he says the amount of times i will cross over the boundary are higher than the times i will get caught at square leg now we have always doubted as being you know what are you match aware if the situation demands you to abandon a shot ala mr tendulkar's cover drive in in australia if that man could abandon that for 242 runs or 8 hours or 10 hours of batting whatever that time frame was then you have that temperament that caliber to do it so why are you letting your ego come in between and prove a point that yes i can still and get out and then people were like almost making fun of you in the sense uh, bowl at the fourth stump or fifth stump and he's sure to nick one i mean that's not the way to get out right I and mean, you have to deny the bowler yeah you can bowl a peach of a delivery or a jaffa which you can, could not have played that's fair many of his dismissals if there were like 100 dismissals in his lean period this interim period from say 2020 through 20, early 2022 uh, one could say at least 50 60% of those dismissals were a mental thing that i will show it to you and it was not coming off so it probably took some time for him to reconcile among all the other drama that happened but there was no doubt that he had created a brand for himself king kohli well you know somewhere if you if you just think about this right tendulkar was never referred to as king tendulkar or <coughs> tremendous tendulkar or champ or you know the you know any of those big uh, names he was just tendulkar the batsman many commentators of course lavished lot of praise but never a thing like king or something like that or prince or when he was starting out that doesn't seem to be the case uh, with mr kohli mr kohli because kohli starts with k and so king kohli became an easy brand recall to have and and so he became king kohli which is all great for those who like such things now that batter or the baton the question to ask right now is is it the right time for that baton to get passed to the next generation or are we hurrying it up are we just becoming too enamored by mr shubman gill's lazy elegance and 3 years of batting prowess and maybe one ipl uh, or, or maybe one season of great batting i mean history is replete with instances in cricketing instances where people have started off with a bang and then ended with a whimper right there have been enough players have shown tremendous amount of potential and one of the players i really feel sorry about and sad about is mr ambati raidu he could have been an all time great he had but i'm sure there are others who could fit the bill but he was quite apparent that in his heydays he could have really dominated uh, the bowling and you know some things which are not destined to be they're just not destined to be think of mr robin singh as well um, missed out when he had debuted and then came back many many years later i he wouldn't have made it a great batter that's not what i'm saying but he could have been a great all-rounder within the team and all that stuff right if he had played uh, right through the innings think of mr matthew hayden he started what at 31 or 30 
I mean, he, he was playing, but he came into prominence around that time. And so my thing is with Mr. Kohli, he's reached a stage where he cannot bludgeon innings anymore as much as he's trying and there are scores. You see the, he would prefer, a, you know, he uses all this gift of the gap to say, you know, I'm building my innings, I'm match aware, I'm constructing and, and all those kind of things. But as far as T20 innings are concerned, then are we kind of running with the template of our ODI template and being very cautious and results are not shown either him as a captain or uh, the team winning any trophies, ICC trophies that is bilateral. We have just nailed every single thing that has been out there. But um, and so the question one is asking is, is it time to pass the baton to Mr. Shuman Gill? My take on that is probably it's still premature still premature you know you're, you're thinking well it took 32 minutes for you to say that i knew it at the second minute now, i wanted to travel this whole journey with you uh, dear listeners to you know to make sense of it all and to see if what comes out naturally so naturally i think he has got about at least two three years and two three marquee matches that he alone single-handedly wins for India. I think if you ask me, what does it take for the baton to firmly get passed on to Mr. Gill? I think that's the answer right there. Win a semi-final, win a match in the finals. And those opportunities are there. Take Asia Cup, take World Cup, take the next Champions Trophy or whatever, the next T20 World Cup. Within the next two to three years is what he will be, at least in my watch list of how he scores in big moments. Like now you've established that you can play well. No, nobody's doubting that. But there, so are so many other players, right? Mr. The young Mr. Yashasvi Jaiswal uh, or even Mr. Riku Singh. You know, one can argue that the there could be a completely different set of 11 for a T20 uh, international for India, which could be captained by Mr. Sanju Samson. And you could have a completely different uh, opening batsman starting Mr. Rutraj Gaikwad and all those players, right? So the point is now you've established that you are slightly above some of the other talented folks that are there in the circuit. Great given. However, to transcend to greatness, to, to be able to claim Mr. Kohli's uh, heir apparent, as the next, you know, passing of the mace, the best batter mace in, in terms of Indian cricket, Indian men's cricket, then that to me is still two to three years away. I want to see those critical innings, those innings that matter, that when the team is down in the dumps and you have single-handedly, which Mr. Kohli has done ever so successfully for so many consecutive matches, probably even arguably more than Mr. Tendulkar. You know, so I'd love to see some such innings and of course the great test will be the Sena test. Especially it starts with the WTC final. If he's going to play in the WTC final, then the story is going to be very different. And of course, if there are test matches in England and Australia, how do you counter the swing? How do you, uh, you know, retain your shape and poise and 
when especially when you're under the pump i miss the old brash aussies to be fair in fact i miss miss the old brash pakistanis as well miss as in at the time i did not miss them because they were beating us and they were all over us and we were the nice boys of uh, world cricket and never really gave it back i mean once in a while yes one can argue 1996 uh, quarter finals and all that but that those were more of exceptions right not the rule but now we have a team that will like completely you know take you down as it were like okay you you uh, sledge me i sledge you back twice over that kind of stuff so now but the, the challenge is the pakistani uh, batting though is still up if you remove mr babar azam then there isn't much that really catches your attention right i think one mr fakar zaman can make a difference but i haven't seen enough of him to really comment on it but he does seem that he's got the temperament to be a great batsman uh, after mr bawarazam of course he's got the, his head on his shoulders but rest you can't talk much but from a bowling standpoint and this could be probably an unpopular opinion Think Mr. Afridi, Shine Cha Afridi, is not an unplayable bowler, right? If you can play Mr. Kyle Jamieson, if you can play Mitch Stark, then you can play Mr. Shahid Afridi too. It's like you have to not give away your wicket for two overs. Uh, I know there could be those peach of a delivery in swinging, swinging beyond 0.5 degrees or one degree or whatever. Those are you have to doff your hat and say, yeah, you. because you know it's kind of predictable isn't it you know that is going to bowl full it'll be a yorker it'll be an in swinging yorker or an out swinger these are the his first over compositions and then after the second or third over the the bite kind of goes away and i don't know if any of you have noticed but i do notice that and then he begins to bowl short and then then you are on top as a batter so the whole story is about not giving away when he's the most charged which is the first over and then the next over that that so are we saying that mr uh, mr kohli or mr sharma or mr gill cannot negotiate that i don't think so i think they can it's a bit overrated anywho but now they are developing into a side where as a bowling side which will count a question in the indian batters so mr gill will be tested whenever next they face pakistan if it's in the asia cup then so be it and there he has to make some statement wala runs you know like not uh, edgy and you know streaky and all that and you know people will argue runs on the board is runs on the board but i for you to formally receive the baton from mr kohli you have to make a statement mr gill if you're listening to this you've got to make a thumping statement like not just how many runs you got but how did you get those runs what was the fluency of it what was the authority authority behind those shots and so that's something to really really look forward to and once you do that once he does that i think in about we are at 2023 by around 2025 end of 2025 he will firmly be carrying the mantle of the next best biggest thing to happen in indian cricket for sure probably be the captain for the odi team uh, most likely that's my prediction i don't know if he'll be the captain of the test team 
because there are some contenders that might emerge in that part i still think mr rahane and mr pujara have at least a year or two more of test cricket left in them and they can still make a comeback to mainstream uh, india squad as probably now we will see in the wtc final so that that's long and short of it uh, for mr shuman gill i wish him all the best uh, but we will be watching you very very closely how you shift gears from one level to the other i wanted to do the episode on the bowling you know we talked about great captains uh, passing the baton to great uh, batters can't say the same about the great bowlers post mr kapil dev mr shrinath came quite late i mean probably later part of his career he was more devastating than his early part then there were lots of bowlers mr pathan and uh, mr zaheer khan but not really you know oh my god this is like serious shit probably that happened with mr mubra and now with the bowling action the injury and all that i am not too sure if he will regain back the bite even when he was not injured if you notice the year before his injury the bite had gone away from his bowling you know people were not that scared of him that he was when he just burst out on the scene and it happens with many bowlers especially you know sri lanka had this knack of producing mystery spinners you know the carom ball and this and people were like they would take bucket full or truck loads of wickets and then suddenly they would figure out and then then they disappear when I mean, pakistan has had such fierce bowlers uh for generations now which have never played the game after their first second or third matches and they're blessed with uh, that battery of fast bowlers uh traditionally so i i'd love to see mr um bumrah's baton uh, being continued with him uh, as a given choice but some of the other fast bowlers and clearly Mr Umran Malik has not made the cut as one would have thought despite having that kind of pace somewhere he like lacks the bite or the intelligent ability to outthink a batsman and um, and so some of the other bowlers right so I, that probably warrants another episode there but i will definitely want to be in a situation where i want to see the baton being passed not just to one or two but next two or three generations of bowlers because they're going to win you the matches as well as the batters that's all the time i had for this episode you know i just loved the conversation and i was not this is spontaneous stuff right so i'm looking outside the window and i'm thinking about all the players some of the moments that i shared I hope you resonated with some of these classical moments and if you haven't please I strongly recommend go search for these clips these clips on YouTube and you will see what I mean they're just absolutely spectacular Anyhow I just hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed sharing and bringing this episode to you do leave me a message on the voice message links there's a voice message link below just check scroll down you will find one really appreciate you leave a review on apple podcast it helps the algorithm do its magic and if you want to reach me at short notice i'm available on twitter 
That's Ionisms, hashtag A-A-Y-A-N-I-S-M-S. If you're on Spotify, I will uh, have a poll question. In that poll question, uh, there will be some interesting uh, comments and vote which you uh, might want to share. And um, on my LinkedIn profile, if you go to the link tree uh, link there, you will know of multiple other ways to get connected with me. I have another podcast called Bus Talk. In case you're you know, one of those who likes to hear corporate management, simple, no frill kind of stuff, then hop over to Bus Talk as well. Other than that, I'm generally available on Twitter. So if you tweet, I will most likely tweet back to you within the hour or thereabouts because I'm quite frequent there. Well, that's all the time I had for this episode. Until we meet the next time, stay well, watch where you're walking. And if you're in traffic and not yet reached home, change the job, man. Seriously. (laughs) Anyways, take care, stay well, stay safe and keep listening to Ionisms. This is your host, Ion, wishing you a great week ahead. 